Welcome, welcome. Energy is high right now. Welcome to the Real Football Podcast. I'm your host, Lenny, aka Bug. And let's get into it. Oh my goodness gracious me. The World Cup is over. The final was just a few hours ago. It lived up to to its billing. It was a, a, a titanic clash of two supreme footballing nations going head to head. No punches were pulled. This is right to the death. My word, what a game. What a game. The narratives. I'm going to get into it. Uh, Kylian Mbappe, we got to speak about him. We've got to speak about Messi, of course. The greatest footballer of all time. I think there are no doubts There are no more discussions, there are no more debates in terms of the eternal CR7 versus versus Messi. I think we have our answers right now. Uh, We're going to speak about the state of football right now, considering that this was essentially the end of an era. World Cups, I've said this before, World Cups are a fantastic transition point between eras. We saw... Essentially, between 1998, uh, you could say a little bit before that, from 98 to about 2006, that was a footballing era where we had the Ronaldo, we had Zinedine Zidane, and we had guys like Luis Figo, we had guys like Rivaldo, we had guys like Gigi Buffon. Well, Buffon, he... Crossed over into a few different areas. Uh, he, he's probably still playing right now. Um, yeah, guys like Oliver Kahn. And their era essentially ended when Zidane headbutted Marco Materazzi. And that was it. And so we've been living in the CR7 versus Messi era for a long time now. A very long time. Since 2006, essentially. And they've dominated the Ballon d'Ors. They've dominated the top level of European football. Messi's won four Champions Leagues. Uh, we cannot forget the 05 06 season, which he did play in as a 16, 17 year old. That was the first time I was introduced to Lionel Messi. Lionel La Pulga, the greatest player to ever play the game of football. And CR7 winning five Champions Leagues. They've, their era is essentially over now. That's it right now. And at 37 and 35, respectively, these guys have been doing it at the top level for far longer than any of us really, really imagined. I mean, looking at a Zidane, these guys would only really get about, at the maximum, about 10 years at the top. 10 years is usually like, wow, you had a magnificent career. You were 
Champions League semifinals, Champions League finals, Champions League trophies, winning leagues, winning cups, you know, really taking your national team to finals, winning continental trophies. And now we've had Messi win a World Cup and it's been a fantastic tournament. I didn't really speak on the semifinals. Um, I felt like they were somewhat straightforward. Morocco, wrapping it for Africa, they they kind of just saw, they got to their ceiling, really. They hit a wall where they didn't have a supremely talented difference-making player to sc score the goals that they needed to go through. I feel like they had a wonderful tournament. They are the cylinder, Cinderella, um, Cinderella story of this tournament. And so we, you know, we're always going to look back on them and be like, hey, Morocco had that amazing run. They ran into a brick wall in France. It, it was what it was. Similar story with Croatia. I feel like Argentina handled them with no real issues. No, no real issues. At no point during the game did we really get the sense that Croatia could come back and win that game. Messi toyed with Guardiol. I mean, he's supposedly the top centre-back, <clears throat> the top centre-back prospect on earth right now. And Messi gave him a lesson, shades of seeing Jerome Boateng getting turned inside out in what is the the most fantastic gif that if you were to ever show show someone who's never heard of football before and like okay who's who's this messy guy you show them that and they'll they'll understand um it was it was very straightforward semifinals not not too much drama not too much tension which you know was a little bit disappointing a little bit i mean considering we had fantastic quarterfinals right the way through semis very straightforward no real question marks no anything and then we have this titanic clash between the reigning old lion at the top of the hill he's been the guy for an extremely long, long time he shared the this generation with cristiano he has now gone one step further it was him messi versus mbappe Kylian Mbappe, he's already won the World Cup. At 19 years old, he scored in the final. Second teenager ever to score in the final. A stacked France team. Unfortunately, they were racked by injuries. I mean, Benz is out. I have said before that I think Giroud probably, considering the non-on-paper elements like chemistry, team personality, these types of things, um you know, the, the status, the the hierarchy within a team, within a squad. That could have come into, you know, those type, those are the kinds of questions where Benzema, we don't know what throwing him into the team would have done. Kante out, Pogba out. We had, and then there, there were the illnesses. I, I, they probably had a COVID outbreak, basically. Um However, the official word is that it was the flu. Through the French team, Rabiot had to come out of the starting lineup. Varane had to come out of the starting lineup um, for France in the semis. 
Those two are back for the finals. And however, it, it kind of shows how deep the French talent pool is. And that's why when we're looking at Mbappe and we look at the fact that they lost this game, looking forward, he's 23, going to be 24 very soon. They'll be there and thereabouts. They, they're a talented nation. They produce talent at a ridiculous rate. And so... when you look at it, you could see them winning more. Messi had not done it. This was his last opportunity. Five World Cups, absolute legend of the game. There was one trophy, the biggest trophy missing from his cabinet. The story is compelling. it's, It's a romantic story. It's the win it all, win the one, the biggest one that you have been missing through your career, you you came extremely close in 2014. That was going into this game. I felt like this, this was a less talented team than the 2014 squad. I felt like the 2014 squad had a better opportunity of winning it all. However, football's not, not played in hypotheticals. It's played on grass. And that grass, sometimes it'll bounce you away, sometimes it doesn't. And on that note, I think we need to discuss Kylian Mbappe. Um, Touch on his story, his meteoric rise, top scorer in the French League, four seasons in a row. He is pretty much the guy. Question marks whether he is the best player in the world right now. I mean, he's on course after his second World Cup, two straight finals, he scored now four, four goals in World Cup finals. More than any player ever in the, with barreling towards almost 100 years worth of World Cup football. And no player has scored more goals in a final than Kylian Mbappe. He's 23 still. He's 23. He has 12 World Cup goals. He's 23. He scored eight in this competition. Shades of Ronaldo 98, where he was essentially taking the reins and being like, okay, this is my team now. Got them to the final. Little bit of a blue situation going on. Uh, I think he had a stomach bug or something. He ate some not so great meat or whatever. And Bada bing, bada boom. He doesn't feel his best going into the final. Brazil lose that final. That's kind of the story that I'm seeing, that uh, that I'm being reminded of with Mbappe right now, in that he did everything he could. He did absolutely everything he could. France were nowhere in that game. At 2-0 down, France had one shot not even on target. They had one shot in the game up until 70 minutes into the game. So France were, it, it, it felt like it was going to be a boring, simple 2 0 win for Argentina. Messi gets his. It's amazing. Bappe flopped. The, this, ama- this fantastic buildup of two great teams going at it to great footballing nations steeped in history. Who's going to break the tiebreaker between them in terms of two World Cups each? It was looking like a dull affair. It was looking like Argentina 
completely overran them. They they had their legs, and at this particular moment, I need to shout out McAllister, Rodrigo to Paul, Enzo Fernandez, and Di Maria. Di Maria is such a big game player. He is phenomenal. He tears Dembele a new one on the wing there. Boom, boom. Sends him to go buy a hot dog. Jinxes his way into the into the penalty box. Dembele trying to fucking salvage himself there. Gives away the penalty. Boom. 1-0. Messi's never missing that. Messi has missed penalties before in the past. He was never, ever going to miss that. Boom. And then a few minutes later, Di Maria again, big game player. I've seen him do it for Real Madrid when they got their La Decima back in 2014 to Atletico. Big game player. He steps up. Uh, I think he's, what, 35 now? He's starting ahead of Acuna, who had who he didn't really put a foot wrong in the tournament. He starts... 4-4-2, boom. There are a few things in football as, as satisfying as seeing a perfect counter-attack goal where every pass is perfectly weighted, every pass is perfectly timed, every run is perfectly timed. There's something so aesthetically pleasing about almost the rhythm with which a team moves up the field with, and that's what Argentina did. They tear France a new one, Upamecano gets all the way sucked in with Messi, I completely understand. I, I, as a coach, I wouldn't be mad because you need to stick tight to that guy. Otherwise, he will tear you and you one regardless. So, boom, Messi with the outside of the foot. Bam, bam, two passes. McAllister gives the assist. Di Maria's in, 2-0. At that moment, I was like, game over because France went nowhere. France could not play out of the back. They couldn't... They could barely string three, four passes together, and they looked absolutely woeful. I think that might have been the worst that they've played in the entire tournament. And, you know, going into halftime, like I said, France only had their first shot on target in the 70th minute. At that point, you're thinking, this is this is done. I'm pretty sure most of us thought, okay, Mercy's getting his coronation. Mbappe flopped on the on the big stage. This is it. And then, football being football, 2-0 is the most dangerous lead. We saw the most miraculous comeback. I, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Otamendi, you beauty. Uh... And I, I really miss this element of Man City. I wish I wish there were more in, uh, mistake-prone centre-backs at Man City these days for obvious reasons. But he gets the wrong side of the defender. He makes the necessary challenge. I, I believe it was Marcus Turam gets the wrong side of him, who, I mean, he did well. France had, they had to bring off Giroud. They had to bring off Dembele. They had to bring off Griezmann. Griezmann is not one you want to bring off, but he probably was, his legs were probably just about done at that point, considering how much running he's done in this tournament. He's been phenomenal. The final wasn't a great game for him. It wasn't a great game for basically the entire French team, except maybe Upamakano, maybe. And Turam, I mean, they get a, a slice of luck. It was a nothing ball. Boom, 
Otamendi brings Turam down and bam, we have a penalty. Mbappe. And this, this is why, this to me is almost the perfect almost kind of microcosm as to why this guy, Kylian Mbappe, is the guy. He's he's next up. He's taking Messi's place. He's taking CR7's place as the best player in the world. Whether it's right now, whether it's already happened, whether it's a year or two from now, he probably will be winning a Ballon d'Or in the next two years. He steps up. Pressure time. It's 80 minutes on the clock. Your team has done nothing. Absolutely nothing. They haven't fashioned any chances. You get a golden gift. Kylian Mbappe steps up. He puts it away. No questions asked. Harry Kane, the absolute Spurs legend, England legend. He had a similar opportunity. He scored one and he missed one. Hold that thought. Mbappe then, Argentina absolutely rattled. 2-0 being the most dangerous lead. They're right back at them. Fronts are right back at them. Mbappe scores an absolute peach. And right then and there, you can look at this guy and you can be like, he's the real deal. He is the real fucking deal. Because lesser players, or not necessarily in terms of technique or you know there's there's that like it's not something necessarily tangible that in clutch moments the greats the absolute the all-time greats step forward and they're like i'm going to drag you motherfuckers with me and we're, we're pressing on and that's one of those moments where it's like this kid is different he's different from from apologies my guy higuain who missed opportunities. He's different from a apologies Iron Robin who missed a, 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 a phenomenal opportunity in the 2010 final where these are the guys, these are the difference-making opportunities where you win things. You win the greatest prizes. And lucky for him, he's already won it, so this loss isn't going to be it's not, you know, a defining loss. He'll have more opportunities later. But in those moments, he was nowhere. The entire French team was nowhere for 80 minutes. These motherfuckers step up. Kylian Mbappe scores that and Argentina rattled. They they don't know what to do. It's like it, it, it almost felt like destiny was being swept up under them. We go to extra time. Messi... Being messy. I mean, the game is super stretched. It's all open. It's just the most tense, attacking, free-flowing, end-to-end game. The highest stakes. The narratives are fantastic. Messi scored one. Mbappe scored two. The two best players in the tournament. And it was just pure joy. Pure joy as of football it's everything I love about football right then and there. Those those minutes from Mbappe's penalty up until the final penalty kick in the shootout. It, it was just phenomenal. Messi scores. I thought, I thought that there's a gorgeous um, counter-attacking move. I thought Lotaro Martinez, I thought he was offside. 
in, in you know in viewing he was on Messi scores and you're like okay the dream is back the dream is back on every everyone knows Messi scored a brace he scored two he's matching Mbappe Di Maria being the difference Argentina's dream is back on however 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 Mbappe's shot uh, this was what 116th minute now Argentina are still on Mbappe's shots penalty handball in the box and this is why I mentioned Harry Kane Harry Kane with the opportunity to keep his team alive even if they had lost that game you have a penalty you're playing against a guy who you know is not great with penalties and he skies it boom 2-1 they're out they're going home England out in the quarterfinals you know at Fairfax play against a great France team they were the better team on the day. Wasn't meant to be. Kylian Mbappe, he's on a hat-trick. It's the 116th minute. He's going up against Messi's Argentina. He steps up. Second penalty of the day. And he puts it in. And that is the difference. That is the difference between a world-class player in Harry Kane in the most clutch situations Unfortunately, didn't come up with it. And a generational talent in Kylian Mbappe, who he didn't look rattled at all. I mean, think about like the 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 pressure in that moment of you have to score this. The World Cup is on the line. You have to score this, and he puts it away, no questions asked. It's a hat trick. He he scored a hat trick in a World Cup final. There's nothing more he could do. There is nothing more. His team, I mean, they barely created chances. They got him that chance and he he made sure he gave them life. And that's 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 the difference between a generational talent and a world-class player. Because a world-class player, I believe Gonzalo Higuain, for a long time, he, he was tearing Syria a new one for Napoli and when he first went to Juve, he didn't come up with it in those moments. In those moments, he probably scores Mbappe scores. Higuain did not. Iron Robin, legend of the game. He didn't score that. That opportunity in the most clutch situations. And that's the difference. Mbappe scores a hat-trick. He steps up to score the first penalty. He scored three penalties against one of the best penalty-saving keepers in the world. Three. Clutch. There's nothing more we can say. He scored 12, 12 World Cup goals, four in finals. He's 23. Who else? I mean, I can't speak highly enough of, of Kylian Mbappé after watching what he did today with what the French team gave him to work with. I mean, they had the opportunity to win it. Mwani. If that's Mbappe taking that chance, he scores it because he is that clutch. He's a generational talent. On the other side of the coin, I believe any and all go chats are over now because we saw this little kid, this uh, uh, short guy. I've, I've watched almost his entire career now. 
almost. Uh, I was first introduced to him in 05, 06 in, during that uh, Barcelona's Champions League run. And I know he was injured for like the latter stages, but I used to watch this um, this show called UEFA Champions League magazine where they would, you know, that's where I really started to get deeper and deeper into uh, European football and Champions League and so on and so forth around 04, 05, 06, around those years. And that's my first exposure to Lionel Messi. And everyone was speaking about him as though he's he's next up. He's the new Maradona. He scored that goal the season afterwards. I believe, I don't remember who it was against, but it, it looked almost shot for shot like Maradona's. And Maradona was like, he, he's he's it. He's the guy. That's it. And again, generational, generational talent. In 08 or 09, Pep Guardiola's team to win the, to win the treble, that first, like, I know Messi had won the Champions League before in 05 or 06, but the first one where he was the guy, he scored 40 goals, gets his first Ballon d'Or. He scored that header against United. And, you know, uh, thank goodness United did not win that or that final or the one in 2011. But Messi scores that as almost a, a an announcement that, hey, Ronaldinho's gone. The original Ronaldo is fat and, you know, he's fucking around in Syria. I'm the guy now. And that is, that's been his legacy. That's been Messi. Messi, I think it's a very valid argument to say that Messi's been the best player in the world. No questions asked from that season onwards, even from, uh, yeah, basically from that season onwards. I think that's a valid argument. Um, there definitely are years where I'm like, okay, you know, his Ballon d'Or, I do still think that Wesley Schneider should have won the Ballon d'Or the year after in 2010. Um, I'm going to take that one with me until until because when you win when you win a treble, you take your team to, to the World Cup final. I think you should win the Ballon d'Or. Like that's it. Um, but Messi is that ridiculous where he was scoring 50 and 60 and I mean 70 goals per season per year I mean just unbelievable things and yet the World Cup kept evading him kept evading him he won two trebles two trebles Real Madrid Real Madrid are the biggest team in the world the, the most illustrious the the pinnacle of football there is none greater than Real Madrid Real Madrid in its entire history has never won a treble, ever. Messi won two. We need to remember where Barcelona were before Messi. Barcelona had won one Champions League. I get it. Ronaldinho, Eto, that team, Deco, they won the Champions League. Messi, he, he wasn't really, he, he, he wasn't a big deal in that team. They won the Champions League. Barcelona won two Champions Leagues, right? Two. Liverpool won five. By 2015, which is nine years later, Liverpool won five. 
Barcelona won five. He took them essentially from the equivalent status of jeez, oh maybe I, I can't say Dortmund because like Barcelona, they they want the business the way they are now. Like Barcelona, people look at them and like, oh, they could be the biggest club in the world. They were not that. They were somewhere between like a, a, an I can't say an Ajax because Ajax have four Champions League, so they have European pedigree built into the DNA of the club. But he essentially he more than doubled their Champions League haul. Winning so, oh my goodness, they won La Liga almost every single season with Messi there, even during the three-peat Real Madrid team, even during that time. That three-peat team only won one league title versus Barcelona were winning, I think they won seven in 10 years, something like that. Just ridiculous. Just the most phenomenal player that I've seen. And... Something that uh, I think people, people, I think there needs to be almost a widespread definition of best versus greatest. Because for me, a very long time, a very, very long time, well, probably around 2013, 2014, when I was watching Messi, I was like, this is the best player I've ever seen play football in terms of the technical skills, the finishing ability the vision the passing the the ball control the you know things of that nature things of a technical like you, you, no one has better ball control if i were to attribute ball control in a numerical fashion a la fifa or pes rip i would say that messi's ball control is 99 therefore it doesn't get better than that you know things of that nature and that for me constitutes the best player where where's greatness the greatest you need to look at legacy you need to look at what has this person won what is their impact on the game what is are people still singing their praises 50 years from now and for me the world cup is i mean it's no questions no 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 doubt about it. That's the most important competition in football. That is the biggest competition. It's the most prestigious, the hardest to win. And all the all-time greats from previous eras. So if we look at Ore, Pele, the GOATs. Well, previously the GOATs. Because he won three World Cups. Three. One, two, three. No, no one's ever won more than more than that. No one's ever won three, except for Pele. So we have him. We have Maradona. He dragged that Argentina team on his back and said, we are winning this World Cup. Um, some would say that is the highest peak that a football player has ever pay, played at, ever. I'm not going to fight that right now. I, I can't fight that right now, you know. There's the Ronaldo. He won the World Cup. He's won two World Cups, actually. Uh, Zidane won the World Cup. All-time greats of the past. Franz Beckenbauer. Unfortunately, Johan Cruyff never won it. But all-time, all-time greats. Like, we're talking GOAT. Like, 
there's three or four names on that list maximum have won the World Cup. And so to really cement your legacy as either Messi or CR7, that's the one thing you're missing. Both of them have won continental titles. Literally last year, Messi did that and won the Ballon d'Or almost because of that. Well, pretty much because of that. And it was the one thing missing. And for me, greatness, when we're encompassing a player's legacy, their long-lasting legacy, it's incomplete. There's still doubt. There's still a question. There's still a but. Like, but she never won the World Cup. With Pele, and for me, he, he was the GOAT. He, he was the GOAT, the all-time greatest player, the just to give a quick little um, analogy of how great this guy is. My neighbor lives across the street from me. He's in his 70s. Great guy. Lived in Louisiana his entire life. He doesn't give a flying fuck about soccer. None give a fuck. Probably probably never watched a full soccer game in his, in his 70 years on this earth. He knew who Pele was. He was like, oh, that's the guy who kicked it over his head and all that, you know, referring to that famous highlights goal of Pele scoring while he was here in the U.S. for, was it, New York Cosmos? He didn't even know, like, how, how to, like, he didn't know we call it FIFA. He was like, F-I-F-A, you know? And he knew Pele. That's is greatness that is like when you are when your name rings out beyond people's base understanding of a sports a la tom brady a la wayne gretzky a la serena williams where people know the name better than they know the sports a la michael jordan this this is the you're a cultural figure you when people think about a certain topic there's automatic association with this particular player or this particular individual this name and Pele was it for me I understand that people completely disregard the the structure of football from back then because especially in South America I I don't think they had a Brasileiro at the time a league the league format and so they used to play the state championships and then Santos would go tour and they won, I know they won two Copa Libertadores in a row. And then I don't think they played in them anymore. They're just like, you know what, fuck it. We're going to go make money touring and get this bread because we've, we've finished all these competitions. Yeah. In... I might be a little bit inaccurate with that, but that is uh, my understanding of what was happening uh, back in those days. And so a lot of those games, a lot of those goals, they're chalked off and they're laughed at today because of that, because they were in friendlies. I mean, Santos versus Milan, they play a couple of friendlies. No one's going to count those goals. But back then, back in those days, it was the best team in the world with the best player in the world, the most famous player in the world, from the day he scored a brace in the World Cup final to beat, to beat Sweden, after having scored in the semi, after having scored in the quarterfinal, a 17-year-old kid who became the best, the 
best player in the world, the greatest player in the world, greatest player ever. His amazing Santos team who wiped the floor with a lot of top European teams at the time. And people just chalk off those things because it's not the Champions League. It's not in a formal setting. Whereas I'm pretty sure back then when Santos came to town, those teams stepped the fuck up and were like, no, we're, we're not going to let these uh, these Brazilian fellas come in here and whoop our ass. And then they they got shown a movie. We saw, is it the, the equivalent of the Club World Cup? They tore Benfica apart. They... Um, they were the business. Like, they were beating the top teams in the world all the time. And I think because of that, he was the first real global footballing superstar at the beginning of the film, TV age. And for me, he's always been the standard bearer in terms of greatness when it comes to football. And he was the greatest player. He was his array, quite simply. However, 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 I always had this itch in the back of my mind, you know, someone born of greatness in terms of they had a coronation early in their career, Messi with the Champions League, that header against United at 22 years old. From then onwards, it was just a question of he just needs the World Cup. For me, in 2014, I thought, okay, if he just wins the World Cup, GOAT conversation is over. His greatness will surpass Pele himself. There's no more debates right now. It was a debate for me up until a couple hours ago. And now the debate's over. The debate's done. It's, it's, that's it. Even Pele, even, even Maradona, even, even Cristiano. I don't think any of them touch Messi's legacy right now. I think this is it. It's done. Goats conversations, as fun as they are, I thoroughly enjoy them. I think they're over. That's it. Uh, Cristiano fanboys, you can be like, oh yeah, Cristiano scored 100 top Champions League score. He's won five Champions League, so on and so forth. But has he won the World Cup? the biggest, most important competition in the world. No, he hasn't. Is he ever going to? No, that's it. Messi did. Messi's won everything, every single thing. And because of that, he is the greatest player with the best resume. And what a fairy tale way to go out. He scores two in the final and it still almost wasn't enough because his successor in Mbappe pushed them that hard. But they still did it. Oh man. Shout outs to that midfield. That that four in the four four two. I do think of four four twos are gonna start making a comeback. I've seen Klopp use it for Liverpool. I think four four twos are, are definitely going to make a comeback. Uh and we're gonna see more of that uh two striker dynamic at the top of the game in the next two to three years. I, I can see that. You could I mean, think about it. We could see a Haaland and Julian Alvarez, shout out to him, world champion. You could see that working as a two-man strike partnership. However, those are conversations for another day. Messi, congratulations to you. Congratulations, Argentina. And shout out to what's 
that must have been the best game I've ever seen in my entire life. I've watched plenty of football. Yes, even Istanbul. Because the Champions League final does not compare to the World Cup final in terms of prestige, pressure, and everything. Best game probably ever. Probably ever. That, that was a phenomenal game of football. The tension was ridiculous. We saw two all-time greats, and yes, Mbappe is a legend right now. If you are to stop tomorrow, he is an absolute legend. No questions asked. Mbappe, Messi, Messi came out on top. Thanks to heroics from his keeper in the shootout. Thanks to heroics of his keeper in the 120th minute. Moani, I hope you can get over that, my guy. That was a tough one to take. Tough loss for France. They'll be back, though. They, they have enough talent. They'll be back. Shout out to Konate. We had a fantastic semi-final. He probably should have started over Upamakano or Varane, either or. But I don't think either of them puts put too many feet wrong in that final. I think the entire French team, you know, sometimes it's just not meant to be. And there's times in football specifically where it feels like the stars aligned. And before the tournament started, I didn't I didn't see Argentina going all the way. Like I said, I saw them in the semi losing to Brazil. However, I think the stars aligned. The footballing guards, Maradona made a deal with, I don't know, Bobby Charlton or something. And they made sure that Messi gets his. And Messi is now the greatest player of all time. Shades of Chelsea 2012, shades of Liverpool 2005. Shades of Chelsea 20. No, actually better. Real Madrid 2022. Where it just seems like it's written in the stars. And that was it. That was just it. Messi, you've done it, my guy. You can rest easy. You'll probably go chill in Miami for two or three years. And retire the greatest player to have ever, ever played. And now... After that, after the the highs of the World Cup final, the best game of football I've ever seen in my life, we have League Cup action on Tuesday. <laughs> what a wild year. What a wild year. Um, and we move into a new era, a new era where the GOAT chat is over. Maybe the best player in the world. That conversation lives on forever. On that note, I'm signing off. Your host, Lenny, Real Football Podcast, World Cup is over. We're back into the club season immediately. Oh, my goodness gracious me. You'll have a blessed, blessed time wherever you are. When you're hearing this, take care.